This week's little technical hiccup, Mike forgets to mention the name of the movie we're going to be discussing, so in case you were wondering, it's Enemy of the State. Thank you, Mike. There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Max, I need you to listen carefully. Do you have any pens on you? If you do, take them out of your pockets and flush them down the toilet. Okay, okay, okay. How about a watch? Yeah, yeah, I got my watch. Great. Open that jar of boysenberry jam and shove the watch down in deep. That'll ruin it, but... Okay, now I need you to remove your glasses. Okay. Carefully shove them into that potato chip bag. This one here, okay, yeah? Yep, that okay. one. Now, seal the, bag, seal the bag, swing it over your head three times, and stuff it down the kitchen sink. Three times? Okay, you, but... Okay, okay. Yes. Your, your pants. Yeah, my, Are you wearing pants? Of course I'm wearing pants. What do you mean? Those have to come off. What? Right now. Now? Here? Get the chipper shredder with them. Uh-oh. Don't argue. Okay, okay, okay. We have no time. <laughs> they're listening. Oh, God. Oh, God, they're listening. Okay, yeah. One last thing. Yeah. Don't ask questions. I need you to remove all your hair. What? Just do it! What about even my body hair? All your hair! Oh, God! Now, right. take the hair, <sighs> cover it with gasoline, and light it. They're listening! Oh, God, the smell! You can't trust hair. It might be secret government hair. <sighs> it might work for you. It might work for them. It might work for Max Mike Movies. <laughs> it's time for a new series and perhaps a new co-host by the <laughs> in my partner's eyes. Conspiracy! is the series, and we'll be looking at movies that are about conspiracies, the people who make them, and the people who suffer from them. Over there, flipping quickly through a pile of resumes, is that master of self-delusion, I mean defense, Spy Guy Max 014 Levine. Give us a countersign, Max. This, the banjo is angry at midnight. Is it really? And I, I am the very definition of counterintelligence, <laughs> Mike Suicide Capsule Loose. We've got a lot of movie to talk about, but before we go there... We're going to go here. Where's here? The poll question. Ah, yes. Poll question. Last week, we were dying to know what your favorite cinematic car chase was. You raced to us with your answers. (laughs) Over at the site, we got a couple of answers. First up is Ned, who wrote, quote, It is indeed the car chase from the Blues Brothers. Uh, Comedy is trickier than action, and this particular sequence merges both, end quote. Well said. Yes, he is right on that account and won't be the last to say so. Thanks, Ned. Snowy, which is French for stop calling me that, offered, (laughs) quote, I am not really a car chase guy, but I really got into the Terminator 2 chase and that of the Road Warrior. Uh, I don't think the speeder chase in Return of the Jedi counts, but that was exciting. No, no, it doesn't count. (laughs) Well, as you know, Ewoks disqualify anything. Yep. Oddly, Vince was the only one to offer up either of those options, oh, which I was very surprised that's at. surprising. Thank you, Vince. Over to the Facebook, we have the Wheeze, who gives us Baby Driver. That first scene with the red Subaru is amazingly choreographed, yeah. quote. Can't argue that. Oof. Thanks, Weasel. Dr. Rebecca Pelkey was next with, quote, I agree with Baby Driver. They did fantastic things with the action and music. Before that, I think my favorite was The Italian Job. And for uh, a long time before that, it was either Duel or The Blues Brothers, LOL, end quote. Ooh, two for blues, two for baby. 
Thanks, Becca. Jamie Kleinert makes it three with Blues Brothers. Way to go. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, Blues Brothers pulls into the lead. Yeah. But Stephen Kellner will not let things lean that way for long. Quote, it's got to be Baby Driver. Edgar Wright actually had a list of some 10 cinematic car chases he used as inspiration, but it's hard to even decide which. The opener is definitely remarkable, but the one that starts as a car chase and becomes a foot chase at the end is amazing, too. End quote. He does have a point. Thank you, Steve. Matt Reisman offered, quote, I really dislike car chase scenes, <laughs> but the one in the most recent Batman movie is probably my favorite, huh. end quote. I really like to take on that Batmobile. Yeah, that was a very cool Batmobile. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Swinging back the other way and, strangely, not mentioning Streets of Fire, we <laughs> have Ed Shields with, quote, the Blues Brothers, uh. end quote. It's a tight race. Thanks, Ed, and feel better. Nick Hoffman's making it a trend. Blues Brothers! Uh. Chased by what looked like the entire Chicago police force, end quote. That is true. Mm. Thanks, Nick. All right. Um, belt in, Max. Yeah. This is going to take a while. Okay. Deep breath. Deep, deep breath. For someone who doesn't seem to like car chases much, Dave, Dave has a lot to say. Quote, there are many things I dislike about car chases, making it easier to find ones I didn't like, Blues Brothers, Ronin, than to find ones I did. For the most part, they are dead weight in any story. Usually one knows how it will turn out and the action has no thrill for me. A realistic chase would involve, say, driving a car around a tight bend or over mud. The car does the work and the car succeeds based on the driver's judgment, which can't easily be depicted on screen. Oversteer is entertaining but must be exaggerated or the audience won't notice. Understeer is hard to recognize. As a result, over the decades since the 70s, car chases have become increasingly improbable so that the visuals will be entertaining and not realistic. My favorite car movie is Initial D, but not sure there was any chase in it. Baby Driver I enjoyed but did not recall it till Steve mentioned it. In that movie, the driving was integrated into the story in a way that is rare. The car action was also well integrated in Duel. Not so well done in Cars That Eat People. Uh, wait, is that the sequel to Deathbed? I don't know. Bullet is a classic, but does Uh, not age particularly well. And by the way, Dave is the only person to mention that one, which was a surprise. Yeah, that's a surprise. And at the time, I liked the one in Thailand in the James Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun. I recognize you. You're that English secret agent from England. (laughs) There is also a good car sequence in one of the Fable movies. The first, I think, involves driving off the roof of a parking garage. Slow motion, and he saves a handicapped woman in the process. The chase aspect is not what makes the sequence work, but rather, I'm going to get this wrong, Junichiro Okada's improbable athletics. He is turning right. into one of my favorite 21st century Japanese actors, end quote. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, well, Dave, what, thanks for the effort, man. Yeah, I wonder what he would have said if he liked car chases, but uh, still, all very well fed out. Thank you, Dave. Yep. Tyler Stewart has two. Blues Brothers or What's Up, Doc? We'll be coming back to that. Uh, Thanks, Tyler. Val Coons, part-time sister, full-time writer, posted, quote, Really? You have to ask? There is none <laughs> better than What's Up, Doc. Did uh, you know that the scrapes and the chunks taken out of those stairs are still there? That uh, being said, the one in the French condition is pretty cool, end quote. Thanks for the extra background info, Val, and your votes. Adam Mark reminds us that it's not all about Baby Driver. Quote, Blues Brothers, basically the entire film, but particularly the cop chase scene through Chicago. Sure. The intense action juxtaposed with their eternal nonchalant attitude. End quote. Seems that film made an impact on a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. And Richard Tatum, still inventor of the Tatum. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> brings it home with, quote, my favorite chase is a train chase in the 7% solution. So train oh. cars? Yeah. End quote. Not what I was thinking of, but a neat <sighs> answer from outside the box. Thanks, That's Richard. Interesting. Yeah. I am amazed more Bond movies weren't mentioned. Yeah. Not, yeah. One. Just Dave. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. with the, the, the Thailand man yeah. with the golden gun. How about you, Max? This is one of yours. What's your favorite car chase scene? Oh, there are a bunch, but I would have to say, in terms of the one that I just felt most viscerally, it is from Road Warrior, the mm. final scene with the tanker truck. Yeah. You just get so emotionally invested in that. It's both. It's also very well edited. It's not too long, and it's very tense. Yeah. I want to say, I don't know this for sure, but my feeling is it's actually one of the longer cinematic car chases. It goes on for quite a while, but you're right, the pacing is such that, and it's also, it is integrated more into the story because it's yeah. not just, oh, we have to get away from the bad guys. It's turns out that there's a big twist there. If you haven't yeah. seen Road Warrior, yeah. uh, it's been out since almost 40 years, so yeah. that's yeah, not what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, not that we're giving anything away. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite cinematic car chase? It's What's Up, Doc. Oh, of course it is. Been. Well, there's not much to see. We're inside a Chinese <laughs> dragon. <laughs> I mean, for lines like that, and the fact there's little things in it, one of them is my favorite, is at one point they are, in fact, being chased or chasing people through the middle of a Chinese New Year's parade, during which they're playing, for some inexplicable reason, La Cucaracha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so odd. Just it a is. throwaway, but it's... It's really? I don't know. It's my favorite. I'm, am I saying it is the best? I don't. I don't believe in that superlative. It's my favorite. So I there mean, you go. I found the one in Ronin the most exp uh, sort of upsetting. Yeah, it's really good and it's really tight. Um, yeah, but it's also really realistic. There's a yeah. lot of banging into things and a lot of damage, and it's like it, it upset me. <laughs> I really like that movie. It did not get a lot of press when it came out. It's a John Frankenheimer film. It's got Robert De Niro and Jean Reno, who I think honestly should be in more movies together. Yeah. Um, what's his name? That uh, he's a Swiss actor who's always a bad guy. Um, not Mads Mikkelsen, the other one. Uh, uh, he's in Coo four. Um, John Cuckoo Clock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, John uh, Cuckoo Clock, my favorite Swiss ass actor. <laughs> anyway, um, if you ever if you like action films and you haven't seen Ronan, take a look. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's all well and good. But we need a new question for next weekend. I I guess it's going to be up to me. Yeah, we'd like to know what is the most tense sequence in a movie you've ever seen. What scene oh. made you sweat? Sit on the edge of your seat. Stop blinking. Forget about peeing. Let us know. We'll put your quote on the show and somewhere in there, uh, Bumpy Bucks in the Bumpy Hut catalog. Yeah. And by the way, he said, uh, made you forget about peeing, not didn't keep you from peeing. Right. Yes. It's so, so tense. I can't pee. Just, oh. I don't want to. Yeah. That's important. Well, yeah. Very important. Uh, and thank now, you for your answers. Yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled program already in progress. The facts. Trivia. Budget. 90 million. Take. I always like to ask Max. Take a guess. Uh, was it successful or not? I would say it was, I mean, it had, had, had the Will Smith in it. He was a heck of a name in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 150 million. 250 million. Ooh, so uh, crime pays. Apparently. <laughs> Strangely, and this is very strange, I, I, I can't imagine how this happened. The production company couldn't secure the help of the NSA. No. No. While their HQ is indeed in the movie, the footage had to be taken from public airspace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know where it is, which is exactly yeah, yeah, how they want it. It's Fort Meade. You're not supposed to know where it is, but uh, uh, everyone does do you, now. You know. 
I read it in a comic book. Yeah, right. Will Smith, generally known for his comedic performances up to this point, ad-libbed some lines here and there, including the ones about cross-dressing on the weekends and how edible panties can make a man feel sexy. (laughs) Yeah, that sounded like him. Yeah. There are a lot of similarities to a part Hackman played in an earlier conspiracy movie, The Conversation, where Brill, his character in this film, lives the lifestyle and even one of the photos of a supposedly younger Brill. It's actually from that movie, but more on that later in this series. Yeah. We almost got Tom Cruise in this movie, and it kind of feels it, but there was still filming to be done on Eyes Wide Shut. See our first episode on Eyes Wide Shut. There was a lot of running. Yeah. Can you believe that that was 208 episodes ago? Wow. That was our first episode ever. Jeez. In a rather chilling coincidence, John Voight's character, Congressman Bill Reynolds' birthday, is September 11th, and the fake (laughs) invasion of privacy bill is incredibly prescient of a post-9-11 Patriot Act. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be getting back to a lot of that stuff. Oh, Oh, yeah. A bit of trivia just for you, Max. Mm? Zavitt's computer, the one used to make the copy of the incriminating tape, was a Sun Microsystems Ultra 10 workstation. Oh, my. How what the hell was a guy doing with that in his house? That's the kind of guy he was. Boy, yeah, the Sun. Those things cost a fortune. Yeah. Oscar radar blips. We have six. Count them six Oscar winners in this movie. Wow. Hackman, Jason Robards, John Voight, Grant Heslov, Regina King, and Will Smith for now. (laughs) Grant Heslov. Grant Heslov, who's he? Uh, he was a producer on Argo. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently he's very close friends with uh, George Clooney, too, but there you go. Referring to another movie about conspiracies, Jason Robards, who plays murder victim Phil Hammersley, refers to the Washington Post, a newspaper which he ran in the movie All the President's Men. Uh. Both murder victims in this movie die after saying the same line. Quote, this conversation is over, end quote. So oh, whatever you do, that's don't say this conversation is over. Uh-oh. Crap. Oh, jeez. Run! Oh, jeez. Oh, crepes. Oh, oh crepes. Oh, you're in for it now, my oh, golly. Yeah. They're coming, eh? They're coming. Uh, oh, sure they are. From the north, apparently. <laughs> As may be guessed, this movie takes place at the holiday season, making it the perfect holiday <laughs> movie, oh, yeah, which nice. it was. Though considered perhaps outlandish and far-fetched in its time, it has since been praised as being somewhat precognitive considering the events of 9-11, the Patriot Act, and testimony by Edward Snowden. Somewhat? And, yeah, and so much more. But unless Max has anything to add? Uh, just, we, we do have a heck of a cast, but we'll come yep. to that. Yep. On to the plot. Robert Dean, played by Will Smith, is a simple lawyer trying to help his clients do simple things like organize unions against mob interference. One day, while Christmas shopping, he suddenly runs into an old school friend, Daniel Zavitz, who seems to be running from... something? Something with people? (laughs) What Dean doesn't know is that in the ten seconds they met, Zavitz has snuck evidence of a murder into his packages. There's a video recording of the murder of a congressman as ordered by nefarious other congressman, Thomas Reynolds, played by John Voight. Voight has members of the NSA in his pocket and assumes Dean is in on the whole scheme. Focusing his attention on Dean, assuming he now has the recording of the congressman's murder, Reynolds performs a wild dance on Dean's life, implicating him in mob payoffs and overseas illegal businesses, as well as affairs with a business contact who, to be fair, was once someone with whom he had an affair, Rachel Banks. Dean has no idea what's going on as his life comes crumbling down. So he turns to Banks and hopes that her contact, Brill, played by Gene Hackman, can help him figure out just what the hell is going on. 
With satellites circling above, bugs in his shoes, pen, watch, and pants, Dean's chances are looking mighty slim. But then it seems Brill has an inside edge, job experience that allows he and Dean to turn the tables on the mustache-twirling Reynolds. Can Dean and Brill expose the NSA's dastardly deeds? Will Dean clear his name? Is the bill being put forth to Congress going to pass, allowing such agencies to wantonly flip through every aspect of our lives? And will Babe the Cat make it out okay? There is only one way to find out, true believers. Excelsior! Stay tuned. The film. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Um... I'm guessing that when this film came out, you probably saw it, Max. I did. I did. Do I you uh, have any memories around that time? It was a Christmas film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I do not recall any impression <laughs> the film may have made. I cannot confirm or deny my opinions about the film at the time. Uh, Max? Yep. You're, you're not under oath. Hang on. Hang on. I, I have to confer with counsel. <laughs> Max, you don't need a lawyer for the show. Max, you literally just whispered into the microphone. No, I didn't. I was totally conferring with counsel. Leave me alone. Who do you work for? Your counsel is your right sock. Yeah. Don't listen to him, Mr. Socko. Right. Of Socko, Socko, and Vanzetti, yes. Yeah, that was a deeper. That was a stretch yeah, too. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. a stretch sock. Anyway, no. off of socks. Uh, <laughs> you want to start with the cast? Tell me about the cast. Yeah. Please. Okay. First off, we got right away. We've got friggin' John Voight and Jason Robards. Yeah. And and it's kind of sad because spoiler, it's not much of one, but Jason, we lose Jason Robards in the first five minutes of the movie. But he really delivers. He does. I mean. You can see the man was acting royalty, and you can see why. You know, my first, uh, the first film I remember seeing him in, something wicked this way comes. Was he? Um, uh, he was, so was, he was the dad. Oh, he was the dad. That's right. Yeah. That's oh god. Yeah, he's heartbreaking in that, but he's so you you like him so much right away. I think it's also the first film I saw Jonathan Price in, and oh dear God, is he God, amazing he was, in that film? But oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, Jason yeah, Robards. Jason Robards, terrific. John Voight. We've also got like Lisa Bonet is in this. I had completely forgotten that she plays Rachel Banks. Yep. Uh, I, Regina King. It, I it, really almost like unrecon- her. She is terrific. She was. She plays uh, uh, Carla. It's uh, yep. uh, Richard's wife. Robert's you know, wife. I, yeah. Robert's wife. Sorry. Um, some reason I'm thinking of Richard Dean, maybe Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver, um, <laughs> who's not in this film. Is there a connection? Uh, <laughs> we got Jack Black is in this. Yep. Yep. Again, he played a bunch of sort of tech nerds. I remember him from uh, the re- the Jackal, which was sort of a remake of the Day of the Jackal. He plays yeah. a weapons nerd. He's and surprisingly another good. He is. He's he really is toned down. He is really not Jack Blacking it up very much. No. Seth Green, same way. Yeah, Seth Green's in there also, again, yep. playing, you know, typecast as a tech nerd. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really, it's, and I mean, the bird watcher, who's the character I can never remember, the one who actually gets the footage in the, that's Jason Lee. Yep. Yep. Syndrome, right there. <laughs> he looks a lot better as Jason Lee, but yeah, that's just saying. Yeah. Uh, it's, and the thing is that most of the actors in this don't have big parts. Um, Gene Hackman shows up about an hour into the film. Yeah. And 
I mean, Gene, is Gene Hackman ever bad? I mean, re, I know you have one instance. Go well, ahead and tell Superman us. Superman 4, but I still don't, I can't blame him for that. I think he did what he could, but when he, whenever he's on screen, you could just see him going, how much longer before I can cash the check? Yeah. I think that, that's, it's just yeah. like, this is, I, he w- I'm sure he was under contract. He would not have done that movie otherwise. Does he play Nuclon? <laughs> I'm pretty nuclear. sure the character's name's yeah. Nuclon. <laughs> no, no, but he play he plays his own nephew, Lenny Luther. Ah. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yes, there was also Squeaky Luther, although he, he his scenes were cut, trust me. <laughs> yeah, he was the one wolf. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Boy, that's another deeper. It's a deeper, yeah. Um Lisa Bonet, she's there for five seconds. Yeah. She I totally know where she's coming from and I yep, totally I, get her. You want to know more about her? You want to find out more about her? Gabriel Byrne, for Ugh. God's sake, is in this movie for about 30 seconds. And I think he's wasted, honestly. Yeah, I really, yeah. li- I don't know him from many films, but I really like him. He's very intense, and he does have a presence in his 30 yeah. seconds. He's very good at being menacing and intense right away. I think my favorite, like, secondary character is Carla Dean, Regina King. I really like her. Yeah, I love the fact... She's yep. she's got this heart of gold. She's obvious. She's a lawyer. She's very capable. She's very no nonsense, and she, you can see why she's hurt. And it totally makes sense. Yep. But there's this scene where where Robert Dean Will Smith's character sneaks back to his house and, and surprises her in the garage. And she's give, been given some time to go over some stuff she's seen, which makes her think twice about her relationship with her husband. And you can tell that he's in trouble, and there's, he when he realizes that she's wearing the lingerie that he bought her for Christmas, I love her reaction to it. It's like, yeah, what do you think? And it's, she's like, I don't know. I just love the the, the depth of her character, and she's, I really yeah, liked her acting. She seems like a real person. Yeah. And you, you honestly, I like her better than I like Dean. He's not bad. I just, I no. like her better. She's more well-rounded. Yeah. And quite honestly... Robert Dean is played by Will Smith, not the brightest ornament in the box. <laughs> uh, well, I have to say, it also surprises me about about uh, Mr. Dean is how does this labor lawyer? He's awfully good at finding his way around ventilation shafts in the uh, Holland Tunnel. Yeah, uh, interesting bit of trivia. I didn't bother to put this in there. So when they're down in that ventilation shaft, apparently you yeah. can actually only access that shaft through that office and then through a a ladder they had to cut the car into three pieces lower it down reassemble it shoot the scene and then re-disassemble it again i did wonder how they got a car down there yeah that's how um i was thinking that that tunnel was the same tunnel they use in la for everything but it wasn't it was actually in maryland um we might as well go ahead and get to here will smith this is kind of a height and the beginning of Will Smith as action hero character. He'd do this and pretty yeah. much ID four yeah. right after it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it pretty much just you know success slapped him in the face. Oh, oh, oh too ouch, soon. That too that soon. stings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in just a yeah, sec. But yeah. I gotta say, this film and ID four. I liked Will Smith. I he thought is, he made a yeah. really good action hero. He's very charismatic, and yep. he is very he is very. It's strange because he's so good looking, mm-hmm. and in a lot of that can often be kind of off putting as a character. It makes it harder for us less good looking people to identify <laughs> with him. But he's very identifiable. He's very yep. likable, and he's very good at at uh, getting across this feeling of 
what the hell is happening here? Yeah. And I got to say, as a, he's not... <laughs> He doesn't glow brightly like the other bulbs on the string um, because one of the first things he does is he's been given some evidence on videotape of this guy who's been threatening his clients, which are laborers of some sort who want to basically form a union and, and you know, exercise their rights as employees. Uh, he's got this video of this guy who's ostensibly in the mob um, hanging out with labor or union organizers or something. Mm hmm. And he confronts the guy at a um, a Social restaurant club. that they stole right from The Godfather. Yeah. Or Goodfellas. Yeah. And he goes alone. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't there somebody out front? And at one point, the guy in question um, says, you got copies of this? And my thought is, no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he does. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed not too bright. His name is Pintero. Um, he was actually really well played, too. Yeah. Another tiny character with a great performance. Yeah. Um, and then later, he's, he does some stupid things where, you know, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm being chased by this, that, the other thing. I think I'll call home. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, at one point, uh, uh, Brill, if, that's, yeah. if that really is his name. Uh, yeah. It isn't. It's know, Edward G Lyle. Yeah. It, Lyle then is telling him... Uh, that he's like going over this plan. He goes through all of these steps. I think you do this. He does. He goes, you got that? And he just looks and Dean looks at him and goes, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I understand that the guy's a labor lawyer. He's not an intelligence operator. Of course, he's not trained to pick that stuff up that fast. No. And he actually can, he gets better throughout the film, but it's actually kind of an interesting culmination of finally figuring out how to not be quite so dumb. Um, cause there's a scene very near the end of the film where he is listening in as Brill slash Edward Lyle is talking directly to John Voight's character, the uh, congressman behind the murder. And he's basically, it sounds like he's selling his, uh, yeah. uh Will Smith's characters out and Will Smith's character, Robert Dean is just not smart enough to go. He's trying to get him to confess you moron. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> he, fortunately nothing comes of that, but yeah, by the way. Uh, I don't think John Voight's character is a congressman. I think he's an exec, a uh, assistant director or something in the NSA. I think he's an official well, there. No, because remember when they find when uh, Gene Hackman breaks into the NSA, yeah. the only time I'm willing to buy that somebody outside the NSA can do that in a movie, yeah. he yeah. says this guy's not a professional. He's a congressman. Oh, he says he's a politician. He's a politician, I, but he's I, not. I thought. See, I thought he meant he was saying like he's a politician. That's his persona. That's his personality. He's not an operative. This guy's just a politician. I thought it was an insult. I, I couldn't tell. It's it wasn't not entirely really clear. okay. It's not. It's not entirely clear. But he, he's, yeah. he's a big mucky muck. Yeah, but he's not. He has not been a spy. Yeah, he just tells other yeah. spies what to do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, performance-wise, you know, and this may or may not reflect on the rest of the film, but performance-wise, everybody, even in a small part, has like a little moment where you just get them. Um. <laughs> Two of my favorite are Jake Busey and Scott Kahn, yes, Moron Twins. <laughs> the Moron Twins. Yeah, we got a second generation there. We got that's Gary Busey's son and James Kahn's son. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Scott Kahn, we'll, we'll see him again in the many Oceans films. Um, and did Jake you think Busey we'll see in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Did you think that, too? As soon as I saw them together, it's like, we're not twins. Yeah. I was. What is it? Somebody said, yeah, you can tell by the haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're Atne Ute Aitbre, but that's yeah, fine. They're not yep. meant to be. 
Um, no, they're meant to be scary and intimidating, and they do that. Uh, the opening of the film really sets things up well, and it is a really good use of the dog. Because I feel for that poor dog. Because they basically, they take Jason Robards, they pump him full of uh, heart attack juice, put him in his car, and release the brake so it goes into the lake. And the yeah. poor dog, who's just been playing catch, sort of runs up after the car and he's barking. And of course, I'm sure they dubbed the wine. But he just sort of sits down watching, not really understanding. But it's really heartbreaking. It and is. I like the fact that Jason Robards' character, we can tell has a good side to him, but they're not trying to portray him as like utterly blameless. He's not a saint. He's no. the guy isn't a saint. We know that. He's a politician. You yeah. They don't you don't get very far being a saint, but yeah, you get the sense that deep down because he says at one point, uh uh when John Voigt is trying to get him to vote for this uh you know per, domestic spying bill, basically. Right. And he he's saying, look, these people are in my district and uh you know, this will, it was a telecommunications or something in my business. It's all right. We can match any of the money that they give you. And he goes, it's not about that. These are my constituents. These are the people I'm supposed to watch out for. These are the guys, you know, if you do this, you're going to put a lot of people out of work. He's looking at it the more practical way. But then it's also he, hinted that in the past, he's actually worked with John Voight's character before. Yeah. And maybe so take again, a little... He's, yeah. He's not a saint, but he's also not not a complete jerk the way Voight is, because Voight is it's all about himself. Yep. It's all about his career and what he wants. And strangely, as effective as he is, I would say Voight is probably the character with the least dimension. He's pretty much just one thing. And it's fine. Yeah. Not, and his performance I having seen John Voight as a villain too many times, I just look when he showed up in uh, Tomb Raider, I'm just like, don't trust him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know he's your dad. Don't trust him. He, something's bad's gonna happen. It's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah, um, and to be fair, most of his roles seem to be that way. So he's really good at playing bad guys. Part of it is just the face and the voice. But yeah, yeah. No, he's not particularly fleshed out. But as you say, he doesn't need to be. He's no. He represents. It's what he represents. He's not really a person. He's a concept. Right, and because we don't know why he's so big on this bill, except I'm guessing kickbacks of some yeah, sort. Yeah, some sort. It's something to benefit him or get him uh, better intel so he can uh, rise up the ladder. Because you know, his wife yeah. is saying at some point, you know, they he, he should uh. have made you assistant director or whatever uh, two, three years ago. Yeah, his wife. That wasn't uncomfortable, was it? Um, oh, yeah. She was it's, thirty. Yeah, he was sixty. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not you. Yeah. And maybe that's they did that on purpose to make it just make his character that much more icky because um, he is icky. Um, stylistically, there's some things in this film that I'm kind of like. Mm. So the opening, uh. we get the the murder, and then we have this this credit scene, um, which has this stock footage that it's looks like real stock. Act, it's all real surveillance footage. Yeah, and it made it feel like a Vestron video. Remember them? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh. For those who don't know, oh. uh, when you used to go Good. to Blockbuster, most of the films you would rent there were put out by some company called Vestron, and they had this the cheesiest opening ever. It was their logo with a V, and then these four LEDs lit up at the corners, and this yep. terrible yep. Cassia tone music. But that's as soon as I watch like this this bad footage and the zooming around, it's like, oh, Vestron must have had a hand I in actually, this. But. You know, funny, I actually found that very effective because oh. it was all real. I'm pretty sure right. that was real from, you know, security cameras, bank cameras, oh, sure. ATM cameras. And I thought, okay, you're, 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 you're setting the tone right away. It just felt cheap. 
like it, the depiction it did, of it. But uh, I thought the way they then shifted to the actual footage, you get the yeah. idea that it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, mm. it worked yeah. for me. I can see how it wouldn't. I can see it can take you out of it a bit. But <laughs> Vestron. Vestron. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be a villain somewhere yeah. <laughs> from out of space no, behind not Pluto. Vestron. Yeah. <laughs> or um, we we greeting from planet Vestron. <laughs> Bring us to your cats. Um, <laughs> there is also a scene early on where. Uh, in fact, I think it's right after the credits where um, Will Smith's character, Robert Dean, or Bobby Dean, whatever, meets up with uh, Rachel Banks in a restaurant. And I felt like we were entering a little bit of expository theater because they instantly yeah. started talking about, oh, why are you so tense? You know, it's not because of that affair we had a few years ago. Yes. Is Do you okay. remember this major plot point that I will now recap? Yeah, yeah. and I'm it's actually wondering if it was even necessary. I, I don't think it was. I thought the rest of the movie brought that out uh, in a more, more subtle and more organic way. And a lot of that, as I'm going to say, is, is due to Ray, Regina King. Because, uh, I, I don't know, I I'd, I'd yeah. forgot, I'd seen this film before, but I'd forgotten how much I really just liked her performance. Um, even especially when she just does that 180 and it's just, he's like, uh, I'm going to, what do you say, he's going to give the... That's a present for, that's for me. The laundry. No, no, no. I bought that for me. It's like, don't you think it looks better on me? And it's like, yes, it does. Yes, look it a really, lot. really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some things, too, in here um, where I, I don't know how much of it was Will Smith, because I mentioned in the um, yeah, trivia so that he ad-libs some lines. I want to say that tone-wise, there is just enough humor in this film to keep it from getting really dark. Yeah. It Do you agree? Yeah, it is very dark, but there are little things like the Mr. and Mrs. Wu. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, he's being chased, uh, Dean's being chased through a hotel. He manages to get, force his way into the home of, okay, admittedly, an ethnic stereotype visiting Chinese couple, an older couple. And I, the thing is, right away, you get the feeling like, oh, maybe this is like the second honeymoon. or Yeah. The, because and he immediately he knows his clothes are bugged, so he starts stripping, and Mrs. Wu is there for it. <laughs> she's like cheering. She's like pulling out money. She wants. She thinks he's a stripper. She wants to like tuck money. I think she wants to put money in his underwear. Yeah. And she's like, going, "Woo, yeah, this is great." <laughs> and Mr. Wu is like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, he needs to go out with her more <clears throat> or stay at home more. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also and, really liked the scene in the lingerie shop. Uh, yeah, it couldn't be more awkward. He's like, "Oh, maybe I should buy laundry for my wife." It's something that's apparently never occurred to him. Well, um, he acts like pretty much every guy trying to buy lingerie for his wife or girlfriend is, you know. So, what size is she? And, uh, and this is a lingerie <laughs> store that's actually got all the people who work there are uh, models. And they're yeah. all dressed in the lingerie. And the thing that's really cool with his performance in that is that you can tell all of them are in control. Like, you're not looking at them and, and dressing them down. They're looking at you and making you feel weird. Yeah. And that's exactly what they do. And this is one point where he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't want this to get creepy. And they cut to her and they come back to him and he goes, up oh, too late. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, little bits of humor here and there. Um, and I, I appreciate that in a film because the film that was made in 1998 doesn't have the same impact as it does now. And I think we'll get to that in the wrap-up. But I would say, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think it kind of does only in the sense that how, in effect, precognitive it was. How much it... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
we, we can talk about that uh, in the wrap-up or later on. But Yeah. So uh, again, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. The action nope. sequences are really good. Yep. The only problem, there are a couple of things. One, the um, bird watcher, yep. uh, who is played by Jason Lee, mm-hmm. he is in surprisingly good shape for a bird watcher. I mean, he's out running these government agents. He's he's parkouring his way across buildings. He's biking down uh, away between cars. Okay, yeah. he doesn't do it so well for very long. I was gonna say, how about when he parkours his way right into the front of an oncoming fire truck? Yeah, okay, he's clearly not big on escape. And and even um, Will Smith, who is like a friggin' labor lawyer, but he can still like book his way down the streets and zip and zap through various buildings. You know, the, these rather sedentary professions, apparently these guys are major action heroes. To be fair, we do see Robert uh, Dean out rowing, so we know he gets some exercise. True. true. And, um, he, and he looks, it's Will Smith. Clearly he's yeah. in shape. So. Right. And we'll see even more of Will Smith in shape in ID4, and that is not a bad thing. <laughs> um, the plot, the central part of the plot, though, where Dean's life is torn apart by somebody above him who suspects that there's something going on between them. Did that feel at all hauntingly familiar to you? Well, sure. It's been like 20 movies like that. Eh, don't think movies. Think of something else. What, do you think in real life? You think in... Uh... Nope, I'm thinking comic books. So 1980... Oh, you're thinking of Daredevil. I oh, you're am. thinking of Inferno, yeah. Oh, oh, Born Again. Born Again, sorry. Yep. Uh, I, forget, I always forget the order. Yeah, so at one point in the second time that uh, Frank Miller was writing Daredevil, um, they have a thing where this woman that had been involved with Matt Murdock is down and out, and I think somewhere in, in, it was either Panama or South America somewhere, and she's a drug addict, unfortunately, and she has nothing left to get her drugs, so she sells Daredevil's name out, Matt Murdock. Yeah, his secret identity. And, and it that works gets its back way to up. the kingpin. Yep. Yeah. And, and the, the kingpin like, dismantles his life. Well, he's the kingpin is really smart. He's like, I yeah. can't just act on this. Yeah, I can't just Let, kill him. Let's start playing with it. Because he doesn't know if it's right. It's like, here's a, yeah. literally a smudgy piece of paper that's been sent from South America that's supposedly worth all this money. I can't just go, yes, and be done with it. Let's find out. So let's see what, what if I start playing with Matt Murdock, cutting off his credit, um, making him uh, his name pop up in a bad way. And then let's see what happens. And that's what happens here. Yeah. I don't know there's a connection, but I was instantly go. Yeah, they did this like 12 years that's, before in, in the comic books. It, you're right. I hadn't thought of it, but there are it's very reminiscent of it. I, it's, I'm betting some one of the writers must have been a comic book fan. And who knows, maybe Miller got it from someone else, but it was really well done in the comic, and it's really well done here. Yeah, everything in it is believable, the way they go after him, the way they frame him for things, even the way they don't, some of the stuff they don't make up, they just sort of enhance a little Mm -hmm. bit, because the fact is he is, in effect, working, he's having negotiations with friggin' mobsters, and he did have an affair with this woman. Yep. Yeah. I actually liked that, part of the character again because he's not perfect either i mean he's made besides, mistakes yeah yep besides not being that bright he's i mean to be fair he had an affair with lisa bonet i yeah. you know yeah kind of hard to blame him for that i mean except for he's you know being a married man he should know better and being married to regina king you really shouldn't have to seriously go, but who knows um there is one point in the film where the uh movie just gets a hundred percent better do you know that that point max 
I'm sure you'll agree with me. But the uh, film sure. instantly, 100% better. Gene Hackman shows up? Close. Someone with Gene Hackman shows up. Oh, Babe the Cat. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, the movie has a cat, and any movie is improved by having a cat. See yep. Alien. Yep. And we know the cat's going to make it out of the film. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it has to. And it does. Spoiler! Um... I would like to go to a couple of talking points, if you don't mind, and sure. I'm going to lean on you for a couple of them. Uh, the sure. first one especially. For, uh, for the time, 1998, yeah. mm -hmm. how likely does the tech in this feel? Okay, for 1998, I remember see thinking this when I first saw it. It's a little far-fetched, but mm -hmm. only a little. Okay. Um, mostly, uh, th there is one, th there's only real one oh come on moment for me in the movie, and it's still one, and that's when they retask the satellite. Oh, because really? they do it in like five seconds. Okay. It takes hours yeah. to retask. That thing's 30,000 feet up. Probably more now if it's there in geosync or, but they're, they're hundreds of miles up. They have to. Yep, there's a whole rigmarole you have to go through to move it at all, to retask a satellite, and it's almost... Okay, to be fair, the NSA has their own, so they can probably do it without anyone noticing, but it's really difficult to do without somebody noticing. <laughs> See, now, my feeling was there's a couple of things. First off, like, they seem to access the um, closed camera footage in the lingerie shop rather easily easily and i don't they don't even suggest that they actually went there to get it like yeah, they that, do later on that's a, like, that is a thing the internet was not as all pervasive in 98 yeah. although it was getting there as mm -hmm. it as it was now it was actually much less likely that a, a retail store would have their security cameras connected to the internet at all no I wouldn't yeah. think so. The other thing is just, and I understand this from a movie point of view, is how fast everything is. It's like, okay, we're accessing the database. Boom, we've got this. It's like, no, no, you don't. Yeah. Not back then. It would have taken a, a little while. Well, especially what you're talking about, I think, is when Jack Black is saying, oh, let's see if the connections between these two people. Oh, yeah. I can merge all their records yeah. from everything, and it's instantly right here. Again, certainly possible to do. Not going to happen that fast, even then. Now... Yeah. Maybe. I, I uh, mean, Max, this is probably an app for your phone you can do I'm, Yeah, I would not be at all surprised. I'm, you yeah. can probably do it on your watch. I don't yeah. know. The one that really stuck out to me, there was two instances of it. One of them is the footage from the lingerie store. And they do something in this that I'm like, I oh, don't yeah. think you can do this. They yeah. basically 3D model both, all the people, because they, the they, they don't just go two different views of them they like it's like the camera is panning around somebody in 3d it's like there's not it's a lingerie store there's not that many cameras and it wouldn't be smooth and and the bag they 3d model the bag yeah and they do a virtual reversing of the bag even though the they should somehow the camera extrapolates what the other side of the bag would look like yeah. and what how it would be distorted by another object in it and no not no. in not in ninety eight. Nowadays, maybe, well, maybe. And here's the thing. Another point is, I'm sure that they they put that in there to make us as an audience feel more paranoid and frightened. Yeah. They don't even need to do it. All they have to do is have an image of him with shopping bags. Yeah. If they've, they've got the footage, oh, he bumps into Dean. 
I wonder if he dropped something in his bags. They have footage of Dean standing right next to him. You can see his hand over a bag. It's like, that would be enough, I think, to trigger suspicion. Yeah, yeah that, that is, it is a bit, that was a bit much. The other one is the be- uh, pretty much the beginning of the film after the, uh, the murder when Daniel Zavitz comes to collect his, his little Sony 8 tape. Yeah. And he takes it home, he's watching it, and he's pulling the old Blade Runner, enhanced 24 by 36, and you're zooming in, and you're on, the, on a thing that did not have a zoom lens. They're zooming in on the image on a videotape, and oh, look, it's John Voight. To be fair, he's running that on a very powerful machine. You pointed out he's working on a Sun workstation. Yeah. A very powerful computer with the right editing software could do something. You wouldn't get, in 98, even now, you wouldn't get the images that clear because there's only so much you can do with computer enhancement or extrapolation. Yeah. But he's got the hardware that could have done some of it. It just was too clear. He got license plates. He got, I I didn't buy it. It was was necessary, but I didn't buy it. That was another thing, is uh, the magic of the keyhole satellites. Mm. Now, in 1990, a keyhole satellite are basically, it's like the Hubble telescope, but pointed at us. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of them up there. We don't really know. I'm waving right now. Oh, I'm inside. (laughs) Oh, wait, it doesn't matter. Might might not matter much anymore, (laughs) but uh, yeah. Uh, Nowadays, a keyhole satellite can identify an object uh, down to five inches on the wow. ground. 1988, I don't think it would have been, it couldn't read license plates. It couldn't, I think they, they exaggerated just a little. Yeah. Scary <laughs> thing is now, <laughs> I don't know. Now, yeah. they probably, I don't think they can, they might not be able to read a license plate, but they can see if there's a bike in the driveway of your house. So I know you know more about um, security, electronic security. So in general, you're saying most of the stuff in this is pretty believable. Most of it is very believable, and especially now, it's kind of quaint. Well, I mean, mean, let's face it, everyone has a phone, right? Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of what these guys do now, they wouldn't, did in the movie, they wouldn't have to do. We're doing it for them. We're all walking around with tracking devices. We're walking around with devices that can be turned into surveillance devices. Some of the malware for smartphones out there is friggin terrifying because people can take control of the microphone of the camera they can you're walking around with a little spy camera yeah Whew, creepy yeah um so uh, what what is the conspiracy in this movie since we're doing a uh, series called conspiracy what would you say the conspiracy is in this the conspiracy i think is an attempt to pass this early version of the patriot act of a uh Basically, it's trying to eliminate privacy, mm-hmm. the intelligence community. And you get why? Sure, it would make their job easier. Of course right. it would. Um, yeah, that's nice. Putting a barcode, tattooing a barcode on everybody's arm or the back of their neck, that would make your job easier, too. That's not the point of the country to make your job easier. It's even as Jason Robert says, you know, national security is important. It's not the only thing. Mm. But that's what the, the conspiracy is, you know, control. So would you also, say that in the context of this film, this conspiracy is believable? 100%. It's absolutely <laughs> believable. We know that because it happened. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, this, we, gave, we gave up a whole crap ton of our privacy after 9-11 because we got scared. Yeah. Fortunately, but Ben Franklin was right. 
People who give up, you know, people who give up a portion of their liberty to obtain a little security deserve neither liberty nor security. Yeah. So I guess, you know, if you want to boil it down, the conspiracy is the government's always watching you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's unfortunately, that's um, I totally believe that. Yeah. The problem, of course, is that the government watching me isn't what worries me as much. It's the companies, the corporations yeah. that are watching. The people who make your cell phones, the people who make your technology, Google, Apple, Amazon, they're Bozos. all, they're all, why is Jeff Bozos? They're all collecting unimaginable amounts of information about us. And, yeah. you know, they're going to keep doing it as long, long as they can. Hmm. Fun. Yeah. Uh, cheery. Also, huh? uh, yeah, very, very cheery. Yeah. I, I have a. We have a big question we need to ask because of recent events, which is one of the reasons I chose this film. Mm -hmm. um, the star of this film, uh, Will Smith. It's been yeah. a few months. Yeah, yeah. Kind of whacks you across the face, doesn't? Oh, it? I mean, <laughs> it's a striking memory. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> yes. Really, kind of rocks your world. Oh crap. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, we're awful. Uh, All right, so for those yes, who somehow we should be don't slapped. know, um. <laughs> not by Will Smith. For yeah. Those who don't know, for whatever reason, when Chris Rock at last year, this year's Oscars, made a derogatory comment about what he thought was Will Smith's wife's hairdo, and turned out as actually the results of something she suffers from. Will Smith decided to, in front of a billion people, rush up on yeah. stage and smack. Chris Rock in the face. Yeah. That was his best answer to dealing with this. This yeah. has since come back to him a number of times. Listen, and it's a come lot back of to slap awkward. him in the face, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. Of the things that have been done by Hollywood stars, quite honestly, this is not that up there. It's just no. the way he chose to do it. It, it, was, it was stupid and it was crude, yep. but... You know, we're not talking Kevin Spacey here. We're not talking no. Woody Allen or Bill no. Cosby. This, no. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was it was stupid, but yeah. So, how do we some, feel about Will Smith? Well, you know, I think he's I think he acted like a jerk, but it doesn't ruin it ruin his performances for me. Yeah. So he's uh, on the either either on the line or at the lower end of the people that were have to question whether we watch again or not yeah yeah i that's the thing is that as a the thing that i have he's a big scientologist so that's <laughs> yeah up yours you um <laughs> I, I really don't care for that but in general i have liked his performances i'm not going to say he's a 100 percent. i love everything he's in i think he's made a great action star and i really appreciate the fact that in a field where most of the action stars are white He's made a real impact and a real difference, and I find him in, in most of his films really entertaining. And he, I think, he acts really well. Yeah, and he's very, he's very charismatic. He's always very likable. He's, yeah, just he's good. Did something really, really dumb. Yeah, did a um, did a, dumb, a dumb thing that he should feel bad for. And but. I, you know, if he is properly contrite, which I. I think the most I've seen is that he was willing to talk to Chris Rock. Chris he did. Rock ap is, he apologized to Chris Rock publicly. I don't he? know. Chris I Rock has basically, to the best of my knowledge so far, been like, yeah, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Pretty much. Which I get. Um, because the whole world was watching, and this is dumb, too. Really, the only thing Will Smith should stand for is Will Smith. 
And as far as I'm concerned, that's all Will Smith stands for is Will Smith. But you just know that other people who are, let's say, not of the black community saw this as representing the black community. Yeah. And that's not fair to him because it, he doesn't. He it's not is, fair to him. It's not fair to the black community. It's no. just racist nonsense. Yes. It's, he's just one person. And I disagree with violence, uh, even though this film is full of it. Yeah. Um, I disagree with that being the answer. I really can't understand what made him think doing it in front of a live broadcast was a good idea in any way. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it has utterly turned me off. It's going to be one of those, let's wait and see what happens sort of things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, the cat, that was the big thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, cute cat. It is. Uh, by the way, I would like to point out that we, at one point we see Gene Hackman stuffing a bunch of uh, tracking devices into a potato chip bag mm. to block the signals. Now, Mylar will do that. Oh, really? Yes, Mylar is a really good signal blocker. Hmm. It is one of the things you can do for sec people do for security is if that you are in a secure location, they will often put your your cell phone in a Mylar pouch. Oh, does it still have to have potato chip crumbs in it? <laughs> it does. That is essential <laughs> for the technology. The salt and grease cause create a film over the contacts. That um, I, I can't keep that. I up. think um, you're lying, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, I question whether they lined potato chip bags with mylar. Oh, they do. They, they did. They did. Bags. All right. Yep. Really? It's, I, it keeps in the freshness. Okay. And gives it that great yeah. taste of mylar. <laughs> it's not quite like a Faraday cage, which is what Gene Hackman had set up in his uh, in his lab, so no signals could get in or out. But it will block most. Yeah. Uh, it'll block a lot of EM signals. For those who don't believe in the whole Faraday cage thing, um, go to your local science museum. They may have a demonstration yeah. where they will shoot lightning at a guy that's basically in a wire bird cage, and he will, at during those strikes, put his hand on the inside of that cage because he knows the electricity will just travel around the outside. Yep, yep, and, and this works for most of the a lot of the EM spectrum. So, yeah, I, I actually found it interesting that there's one point where he has to, he has to eat because he has a blood sugar issue, and he stops to get something to eat, and one of the things he makes sure to do, he basically reloads. He buys yeah. another pouch. Buys chip bags, yeah. Yeah, because he knows he might need it, and, you know, he probably does. Yep. Um, I'm at the end of my notes. How about you? Um, I, I will, there, I just realized in my notes, there's one other sort of tech thing that's a little... Uh, a little hinky, and that's when he clones the senator's. Well, he says ESN, but it's basically the IMEI of his his SIM card, remotely in like five seconds. Mm. You can clone a SIM card. You usually have to either be right near it or have the thing physically. Yeah, I don't know, as especially in 1998, I don't know if there was a way to do it that that remotely, like over the air. That's a minor thing. But yeah. they, they, they were so careful about so much of the other stuff. Well, and the only thing I didn't like about that scene, so they're basically trying to listen in on the guy who's trying to pass the bill to try and get yeah. something on him. And as soon as they connect and they can hear his phone call, my thought was, uh, don't talk. He could hear you. Well, if he's smart, he, he just connected the, uh, the speaker. Yeah, well. You could do that. Oh, the other thing I thought is kind of interesting is at one point, Gene Hackman, when they're in his, his lair... And he's talking about, yeah, the telecommunication companies have been in bed with the government from the beginning. They listen in. He's describing the Echelon program, which is... Tell. 
it, which is real. Uh, it's been around for quite a while. No one's exactly sure. It's probably started in the 50s. It's basically a gigantic multi-government... I know this is where get out your tinfoil hat. Uh, <laughs> Mine is already snugly put, but... Where all electronic, all telecommunications, uh, in communications, emails, texts, phone calls, are monitored, filtered through a gigantic server farm, and certain keywords are mm. listened for, are scanned for, and alerts come up. People have said this is just, you know, no, that's not true, except about half a dozen former mm -hmm. directors of the CIA, higher-up higher analysts from the NSA, have confirmed that the Echelon program is real. And in 1999, the year after this movie came out, mm. the Australian government became the first national government to say, yeah, this is real. We've been part of it. We're not going to do it anymore. Um, do you believe that last part? No, I think they're still <laughs> doing it. Oh, no. Oh, we were bad, but we won't be naughty anymore. Or it might be that that administration stopped and the next one came in and said, are you nuts? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Crikey, we've been naughty. Yeah, crikey. Yes, that's it. Crikey. Struth. Stone the flaming crows. <laughs> Whatever that means. That's my flawless impression of Australia. All of it. Flawless. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, he's echelon program. It's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when else is real? The Roundup, which yes. is now called something else. <laughs> The finish. So, Max. Yeah. You saw it when it came out. I did. Do you remember if you liked it back then? I remember it made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I had not... I, I used to work in information security. Oh. This was just before I went into that. Oh, so this movie basically inspired you to get into it. No. <laughs> not, a, not, a, not in the least. And I kind of wish I hadn't because it's one of those jobs where you end up learning stuff you really wish you didn't know. Yeah. But uh, I remember it made me really uncomfortable because of how believable it was. I mean, I was, I didn't, I knew computer tech even back then, but I, you know, I didn't know the infosec side. Uh, I thought the performances were good. I remember, like I say, I thought it was good. I didn't enjoy it. Hmm. Have you seen it since then? Till up nope, until now? This was, nope. This oh. was the first time, and I, I like it. I think it's really well done, and I think it's uncomfortably uh, uh, prescient. I think yeah. it's it's way too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, but again, like you say, all the performances are good. I think it's really well done. Did you see it when it came out? I think so. I because I remember wanting to see it again, so I believe well, I sure. did go and see okay. it. Okay. But you saw it since you, but without not just for this uh, series, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, spoiler. I there's something yeah. I really like about this film, and I, you know, watching it this time, you know, trying to be a little bit more careful about looking at things and really paying attention and trying to break things down. Tony Scott is not a director that I'm um, particularly familiar with. He's, I believe he's Ridley Scott's brother. Oh. Um, yeah, he has since passed away, which is a shame. Um, the film, except for, you know, those little things that go, really, I don't think so. Then there's, there are very few. The yeah. film is very tight. The pacing is really good. It's over two hours, doesn't feel it. You believe, as Max said, unfortunately, you believe that this weird, uh, yeah. uh, sneaky stuff is actually happening. Um, I think Will Smith does a great job at being the everyman audience character where we wouldn't know what to do either. And yeah. they actually let him not know. He doesn't become instant spy. He's not instantly good. In fact, he remains pretty bad through most of the film. He, screw which, he keeps screwing up, which yeah. is believable. 
which is fine. And it's like, he, so, okay, one of the things is he had this this affair with Lisa Bonet. They went to counseling. He doesn't do that anymore, but he still sees her as a contact. And when didn't tell, and his wife doesn't know that. And so when he talks to her, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, okay, I see her as a contact, but we don't do anything. Okay, yeah, I saw her the day that you kicked me out of the house, but really. Like, <laughs> yeah, So he's, yeah. everybody in here has got their little foibles. We find out Gene Hackman's character Spoiler, if you haven't seen this, used to work for the NSA. Yeah, and and loved it. And loved it. And that's the twist on his character, because you think, oh, he's anti this and anti that. No, he talks about the work glowingly. I loved being that. But this one of these assignments he was on went wrong. A very big assignment. They threw him under the bus. And he's like, hey, I get it. I know why they did it. But he also is like, there's no way I can go back. I don't want to go to jail. So I'm just going to go and take all that I learned and hide out in this uh, warehouse with my cat, which is a very good idea. Well, that's where he works. We don't. That's not where he lives. But yeah. Um, yeah. I. It's a good action film. It's got great characters, great performances. I don't think there's any really real weaknesses. And again, as Max pointed out, the scary part is I utterly believe everything in this film could happen then yeah. and probably is happening now, only even faster. Yeah. Um, so it works as a conspiracy theory too, because do we think the government's what? Yes. Yes. So. Um, yeah, I'd say our first uh, foray into conspiracy, conspiracy. Uh, is a pretty good one. And if you've somehow overlooked this film, if you have issues with yeah, Will Smith, I get it. it. But uh, man, there's a lot of talent in this film. And, and uh, it's, yeah. Yep, and I would, I would just like to say to the NSA agents listening to us right <laughs> now, uh, there may be some bumpy bucks in it if you, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Umpy hey bay ut hey analog k just saying, yeah we can, you know if there are any NSA agents listening we've just doubled our listenership. <laughs> yeah, man, leave us some comments on the website. Yeah, yeah don't just be lurkers. Yeah, you damn you don't spooks. Have to leave a name. Uh, yeah, so that's our first foray into uh, conspiracy, but uh, we should go over that that poll yes, question. Yes, that poll again, question. Tell us again. Don't, I'll forget, and that way we won't have a poll question. So that, that's what you want, we would like to know. What is the most tense sequence in a movie you've ever seen? What scene made you sweat, sit on the edge of your seat, stop blinking, forget about peeing? Um, and these aren't tense scenes that are, you're like, oh, I wish the scene was over. No, these are scenes that are nail biters. What, what's your favorite one? Uh, to let us know that, you can email us directly at us at maxmikemovies.com. Yep. You can leave a comment on our website, which strangely is maxmikemovies.com, where we have all our episodes. You can leave comments on a specific episode. You can also give us uh, suggestions for poll questions, for ideas, for series, for films we should watch. We have worked on those in the past. We hope to do so in the future. You can follow us on social media as long as that social media is relegated strictly to both Facebook and Twitter, where you will find us as Max Mike Movie. And again, keeping you apprised, Twitter is still Elon free. Not much longer. We'll see. Uh, Other than that, uh, Max, uh, we're going to be following these conspiracies till we find an answer. Yes. Uh, What are we finding an answer to next week? Trust no one. Well, next week we're going to... uh See a movie that was inspired by the very r- real fact that we never went to the moon. It was all uh, filmed by family Stanley Kubrick on a soundstage in Arizona. Uh, Max, yeah, that's not true. You don't know that. Did they get to you? Uh, did who? Well, get regardless, to me? <laughs> we're watching a movie about it, sort of. Except I think it's actually about. Uh, I have not seen this movie. I believe this is about a faked Mars landing. 
which is actually a little more timely. <laughs> uh, this is a it. Oh boy, this is a movie with an all-star cast, including at least one star who's way more problematic than Will Smith. Oh dear. Yes, a Mr. Orenthal James Simpson. Oh dear. Yes, Orenthal. Really? Orenthal. That's his first name. Ah. Yeah. Okay. It is Capricorn One. Audience zero. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Don't know. I haven't seen it either. So now, next week, Max and I will find the truth about O.J. Simpson's car chase on Mars. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.